0: Welcome to Creative Life Hackers. My name is Ruthie
1: and I'm Lisa. We're your hosts.
0: In this podcast, we provide you with creative inspiration, support and community on your journey of building an independent and creative lifestyle.
1: Join us for talks with artists, musicians, gig workers, entrepreneurs and people who are actively authoring the stories of their lives we explore how they leverage their creativity in the pursuit of their dreams and share what they learned on their path to empower you on yours.
0: We're letting go of limiting narratives, taking our power back, and creatively life hacking.
2: Welcome back. Today we have Melody Blaze on the podcast. We are so excited to share her with y'all. She is a T-shirt artist. So, if you've ever seen someone walking around with pants that are cut up and braided down the side, or perhaps a shirt or a bodysuit, this is the nature of Melody's work that she does at music festivals, which is where Ruthie has hired her for um, different projects that we've worked on for our team. And she also does other private events and works with clothing brands. And her reach is just fascinating and the story of how she got there is even more fascinating and her attitude that empowers her and helps her deal with challenges and adversity is is really one of the most amazing and remarkable things about her and we get into all of that in this podcast so let's jump in
0: All right, today we have Melody Blaze of Sniptease with us and she is a roller skating, kazooing, traveling t-shirt artist. Her main tool are scissors. She's also an installation artist for anyone watching this that can see the installation behind her is an idea of what she can do on the large scale with um, fabric and scissors. And she works with brands, smaller brands such as Warrior Within Designs and larger brands like Puma. And we have worked with her in the festival circuit some. I remember when I was first introduced to you, I received your deck in my email and it was titled Mel's Big Deck. (laughs) (laughs) It caught my eye. (laughs) <laughs> and it was a very, very thorough, very professional deck of your professional services as an artist. And, um, and I sent it to my bosses and, and we brought you on. So welcome today. We're happy to have you. Thanks again for joining
3: us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good to see you, I missed you terribly.
1: <laughs> I missed you <laughs> too. Yeah. Also, I, I love the Mel's big deck, but the, it feels like the professionalism plus like, just kind of like the silly tongue-in-cheek humor is like a big part, or at least a big part of like how
3: I've um, like interpreted you so far. Um, and I would love for you to share your tagline with us. Oh, um, what tagline? Yes. <laughs> um, well, I've had a few over the years, but the one that has stuck that I love the most is scissoring like it's my job because it is <laughs> because it is <laughs> people contact me through Instagram being like I'm a little embarrassed but I was exploring the hashtag scissoring and then I found you and I think that's so cool so can I send you my shirts and I was like <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> you've cornered the lesbian t-shirt modification market yeah. <laughs> yes i, mean, I
0: probably want to search the hashtag scissoring now just to see what's in there Fair.
3: i haven't actually i just think it's funny and i put myself in that category because it is funny but i i you know i don't know too much about how hashtags work but mm-hmm. where someone can
1: see me it's yeah for you (laughs) 100% so I was telling Ruthie before this melody um like I've worked with you a few times but I don't really know you that well and I am really curious how all of this started
3: oh how did it start um well there's a lot to know about me and I know that we will know more about each other not just from us but from (laughs)
1: From life, too. <laughs> um,
3: from background, I've always been super artsy and resourceful, and I wanted to go to fashion school when I was in high school, but who got money for that? Not me. Uh, so I took my full-ride scholarship to University of Florida. Nice. There I was, like a freshman, not knowing what to do, what major to pick. And so I just went with classic business administration. That was... So boring, and uh I always liked science, so I was going to be a pharmacist. I so looked a little more into that, and uh not really into the pharmaceutical industry at all. Mm-hmm. So I found environmental science, and I actually felt happy, happy to find something I'm passionate about, sad to know all the problems in the world mm-hmm. that have to do with uh, the human impact on our environment. So you know, for a while I had all this angst, like watching everyone around me being like, they're not recycling. They're eating a whole cow. They're polluting and throwing things off their window. And I just wanted to like yell and scream at everyone. Uh, but I internalized it because I'm good at that. <coughs> and,
1: no <piece> um, choice.
3: <laughs> I, just, uh, my last semester, I was just, I was like honors and and whatnot, graduated honors, but uh, I just wanted to make, I just always made things, and
2: Mm
3: -hmm. uh, I just decided to cut a shirt, uh, because I got barbecue sauce on it, big old stain, and I was like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut this t-shirt up, and it actually turned out pretty good, so I have, like, some type of, like, it's not obsessive compulsive disorder, I'm just, I get into shit,
2: I, I do
1: too like, i understand that i think we all yeah. do actually
3: and uh i just want to know more i want to try more things and i guess it's just part of being a creative and so i started cutting shirts um then i moved to australia I lived there for a year that was super awesome worked out did you do a work and holiday visa work holiday visa which yes. i recommend to anyone under 30 like go mm-hmm. live my, i would recommend doing it before college so you can see the world before you Spend a bunch. I don't even know how I have student loans. I had a full ride, so <laughs> I don't know what
1: happened there. <laughs> uh, my
3: <company sighs> interest is not your friend. All of you young people, just don't take out. Students.
1: Yeah, where in Australia did you go?
3: Uh, I was mostly east coast. Started mm-hmm. off in Sydney. I was traveling north and made my way to a little town called Byron Bay.
1: Nice. It's like a hippie mecca. I've heard.
3: It's so great. I lived there for most of the year, actually, in a uh, tent, like, campground community. It was, it's a hostel. It's called the Arts Factory, actually, and I learned about it from one of my very first clients. She traveled the world, and she told me about the Arts Factory. All of a sudden, I'm there. I didn't even put it together until I was like, like, everything just kind of clicked in the universe, and I was like, I'm at the Arts Factory, so uh, you could stay in the hostel part with all the buildings or you could live in the jungle. And I'm a jungle kind of lady. That's and a great choice. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> Some of the best times of my life. And I got to stay there for free in exchange for teaching arts and crafts workshops, which part was t-shirt cutting, part was just going around and picking up garbage and making crafts out of the um, goon bags, you know, like the box wine bags. We would just make I just would pick a craft and I would teach the people that were there, um, and it was awesome. So I was still I had my company before I moved to Australia, and I started it there. I had actually an old uh, van, like a backpacker's van, that had snip cheese on the side. But and I did a couple markets there, but it didn't really take off. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of work to start a company in a van. Yeah. That's- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back home it's just kind of right where it left off so it was fun
1: wow so dope I love how well first of all you're a very smart cookie you're a really studious lady I love that you did environmental science and got good grades damn (laughs) but also I love how that's like like come um like made so much sense with the direction that you've gone with your art and how like sustainability and recycling is such a big feature. And interestingly, I've been
3: working on building my business, too. And I just got back from traveling internationally, painting, trading, painting murals. And now that I'm back in the U.S., my mural business is um, growing. So kind of a similar interesting thing there. Yeah, whenever whenever you're ready and you can, whatever energy you put into something, you're going to get it back. And, uh, you know, a lot of my life, I was just working for other people and not wasting my time because every job that I've ever had and every class I ever took has benefited me and put me where I am now. But it just helped me learn that I don't want to work for anyone else. And I can collaborate on projects, but when it gets to a point, where I'm doing theirs more than mine, uh, it's just off balance for me. So the more effort you put into yours, and I see all the murals that you're painting, mm-hmm. I see that Airstream mm-hmm. that you painted, uh, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Thank uh, The you. more effort I put into you, uh, the more you're going to get back.
1: It's
3: yes. Tired. Yeah, investment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've actually had quite a few people reach out about painting campers now. It's like not a market that I thought I would get into necessarily, but. Yeah, having traveled the U.S. in my camper, it kind of, it does make sense, but yeah, I would love to paint your, your camper at any point, so definitely let me know. (laughs) So our first time
0: working together is when we brought you on for Tortuga Music Festival in Fort Lauderdale to snip clothes in the VIP section. And I think what we agreed on was for you to snip the merch clothes, the Tortuga merch that people were buying um, over by the merch. And um, this was after I saw your Mel's Big Deck, and we decided we liked you, and we started conversations. And then it got to pricing, and you know we had originally wanted you like to work all day every day, and your hourly rate was not something that in the festival world we could afford to do that. And I was, you know, really kind of impressed by your hourly rate. And we were able to work something out where we just had you work less hours than we originally intended. You still got the rate that you wanted and everyone was happy. So how did you learn to really hold your own when it comes to asking for what you deserve in the
3: creative world. First of all, pricing your art is one of the most difficult things in my personal opinion. I've had my company for 10 years and it's so hard because I'm just a simple gal. I never had money growing up, you know, and I just feel like everything should be on a sliding scale, honestly. Mm -hmm. To... To touch on how I could stand my own, I actually, um, I can thank my mentor, Quake. He runs Cushy Gigs in Miami. They're a big mural company. And, you know, he was once a graffiti writer, just doing art. But then he's like, I'm going to take it to the next step. He graduated from UM and he started painting big murals in Wynwood. And uh, I think it's awesome to have that balance between being a creative artist and Owning your business and doing your own shit and writing contracts and and negotiating because in the first few years of Sniptease, a lot of people were like, "Oh well, we'll give you exposure. We'll give you hmm.
2: exposure.
3: <laughs> and, That's so nice. Thank you for the exposure. But I need to pay my bills. Like, what's <laughs> going on? You know, um, <laughs> um, exposure I don't, don't gotta pay the bills." <laughs> <laughs> promise everything and whoever is going to be there, but like that should just be a benefit. Like I think artists should be supported. Um, the more corporate gigs that I get, the more they don't bat an eye at the price that I ask, because they don't care. They want something cool. They want something interactive and, and they don't care. And there are people that can afford your art. Um, but if someone ever came to me and was like, listen, we don't have that kind of budget. I always work with everyone. I'd rather be snipping clothes, meeting people and doing something with my day, uh, getting paid some than not getting paid at all. So I think as an artist, you have to kind of have your boundaries and what you're willing to work with. You're inviting me to go to a mm-hmm. music festival. I wanna go, I wanna <laughs> go, I wanna meet people. I had so much fun. I did, uh, I helped with draping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blackthorn productions and I got to meet a lot of awesome people and spend time with them and that's worth it more to me than any dollar yeah. uh so I can hold my own to an extent as long as there's some wiggle room and I'm just always willing to work with people and mm-hmm. with because I want to have the experience and I want it to be a good time and
2: if yeah
3: it, then let's work it out because I can't afford
0: to not work right <laughs> yeah <laughs> about that with some other people how it's you know it's a balance between being able to know your worth but also know when to maybe work for less or work for free just because there's usually other value that's maybe not monetary in that moment and if you can see the other value because maybe the value is attending a music festival or learning a new skill or meeting new people um, so I it sounds like you have that tuned in pretty
3: well. You know, um, in that well, I'm not a huge fan of country music. <laughs> um, but Tortuga, and that's like my hometown uh for Lauderdale, mm-hmm. Tortuga had some of the nicest people. And um just this morning actually my girls from Key West that were at their whole party from Tortuga Festival, they're sending me a bunch of shirts to snip for their kids for like a skeleton ride. Mm-hmm. They've invited me down to Key West. I've stayed with them for a week and worked at the little beach bar. Like, it's awesome. And any event, even if I get paid really well or I get paid nothing, something always comes from every event. So I feel like putting yourself out there instead of being like, "Oh, it could maybe not be that good." Yeah, just mm-hmm. home, just do it. We're so grateful
0: and so excited and like lining up, waiting yes. for you to start each day. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, for me, I love when people are into it and they share that love. It really drives my design as well. And, you know, I feel like a snip t-shirt is one of the best souvenirs, as we were talking about souvenirs earlier. So true. You get really? it at the events mm-hmm. and then you get it snipped on your body.
0: Yeah, the whole name Snip Tease is it is kind of a play on the word, like, strip tease because you, the, the the act of it, you're, because you've snipped Teased me before and you're, like, up, right up in at me. Oh, hi. <laughs> you know, in, in uh, you know, it's a very, like, intimate thing that you're doing and, and it, it is, like, a, a bit of a tease in a way, and mm-hmm. so it's of like a performance um to have done and also to watch people love watching it get done because they're like you have satisfying right up up next to somebody's skin so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like dangerous and fun but then fashion is happening also Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) it's like sometimes it's like they're waiting for blood like something bad to
1: happen (laughs) (laughs) devilish onlookers well i have i have two questions so the first one is um how did you start exploring like you said that like for corporate gigs for example like you charge more and i imagine probably at the beginning you didn't charge as much so how did you get more comfortable and this doesn't need to be like the exact prices that you charge if you want to share that's cool but for anyone like that's wondering like how can i explore what people are willing to pay for what i do like how did you get closer to that
3: i think uh firstly well, some of my first big gigs were bar mitzvahs mm-hmm. in Florida. It's a big party, you know? So first, I always ask details of the event. What time? What day? Where is it? Yeah. You know, for me, it's a huge signification of what their budget is. So <laughs> I just kind of work that. Maybe I have my regular rate, uh, which is like 200 an hour. Cutting as many shirts as humanly possible. Um, sure, very fast. And mm-hmm. and then I'll just see, you know, talk to them and get a feel for them and then move my move my price around. And usually they'll come back, um, and I'm usually dealing with um event planners, event coordinators. Mm-hmm. And usually they'll come back and say, um, you know, what they can work with maybe they need more shirts per hour and then i bring on some of my trained uh snippers, snippers. and uh and we just kind of work it out that way so
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know and it just i don't know it, it just kind of depends who it is where it where it's at and 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 that's kind of
1: how i do my price totally but, so my second question is like you've mentioned <clears throat> like you're willing to work with people and especially when it comes to like something where it's a really cool opportunity, like working a music festival, where something that you feel maybe intuitively that would be worth it or it's something that you just want to do. But are there ever situations where you're like, no, this is not gonna be a good gig? And what would that be? <laughs> what would be not worth it to you? I know a lot
3: of people struggle with figuring out where their professional boundaries are and I'm curious what yours are. I'm trying to like go back in my head to Mm -hmm. see if that's happened to me before.
1: Mm -hmm. It could be a hypothetical too.
3: Well intuition I try to go off that a lot. I mean it's it's an obvious like uh yes when Electric Forest uh Ruby asked me to come. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like obvious, you know, um, maybe some that not so much. Um, I don't know. You know, the only thing I can think of is, um, some of these craft fairs that I used mm-hmm. to do. That's how I started is doing little craft fairs. And, you know, I just started manifesting for myself that I'm tired of paying to be somewhere. I
1: yeah, want to
3: be paid. And I just felt like that was a boundary that I had to draw for myself, um, because it's a risk and these weren't like big music festivals, they were just small events where, Mm -hmm. um, okay, this, this is an example. Uh, I paid too much money to vend in Wynwood, Mm -hmm. uh, in Miami and I didn't make any, like I barely broke even, you know, Mm -hmm. and you have all these like super drunk people coming up to you and just being like, I'll promise you the world, and I'll mm-hmm. and then nothing ever comes of it because they don't even remember you. um That's just one example of what I thought. I don't really do as many of the small craft fairs anymore because I'd rather just be home making things or making dinner or something like that than pulling out my whole entire inventory intent. It's so much to then. Mm-hmm. and but you have to do it in the beginning um I've met an so many people just being out there I mean I don't know if you can even be out there anymore it's so weird with COVID yeah but. yeah that's where my brain was going <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm smiling at you thank you for being here but uh so that's kind of where you know you just where you're at like
1: mm-hmm.
3: a hard question but I like it
1: yeah well just I mean for like in my experience I've learned like people that clearly don't respect your work but are like, well, how about you just do like five hundred shirts an hour for like fifty bucks or something like that? Or like how about, I'm just gonna just change it like a million times and be really vague, but kind of string you along. And I think especially and I mean for me certainly, like starting out where you like really wanna get a job, um, but this person is like obviously a problem. Those can be times where you like out of desperation could say yes to something and sometimes it does just take experience, but like knowing when um, I saw this like really great thing on TikTok that was like, listen, like you don't want to buy my thing because it's too expensive. That's fine. There's a bunch
3: of other people that do. What? What's that you say? Like you still want to get it for cheap? That's cool. I'm I'm happy that you want that. There's probably some other people that do. What? You think that I've lost a customer? No, I, I didn't lose a customer because let's be honest. You don't value what I do, and you would have never been a customer in the first place. And I was like, damn, <laughs> it hard. Yeah. So that does that does definitely happen sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I remember being at a little event that was like a biker event. And this guy's like, I'll give you ten dollars for this shirt. And I was like, Ouch! I hand cut this, it took me forever. And I'm rarely like this, but I said, I would rather burn it in front of you than let <laughs> you know, have colors for it.
2: Yes. <laughs> so good. No, I...
3: People that like you and people that value you and that's who you want the attention. I'm not begging mm-hmm. anyone I'm like, please, yeah, I'll let you buy it for $10 so you like me. Suck it. You got
0: really biker on him.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure he was probably being an asshole to you to provoke you to have a response like that. I don't think, think it's healthy. respond to that? He said it smiling, though. Oh. How did he respond to that? He was just like, ugh, and I said, yeah, it's not Walmart, and then he walked away. <laughs> um thinking in my head so good <laughs> it, that, uh, like may or may not be worth it this is something i feel pretty passionately about um and if you're an artist and you've ever been approached by raw artists have you guys mm. ever yeah okay i don't know if you've had an experience or if you ever signed i didn't
1: up to- i didn't sign up for it but i don't know
3: we'll contact you and they'll say uh We love your stuff. We want to feature you in our art show. And you're like, what? And they're like, yeah, you can have your own fashion show. It's going to be big. It's going to be great. They have them in cities all over the world. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, yeah, cool. And they're like, okay, pay us $400. And I'm like, what? Pay $400. They're like, well, pay us $400 or you can just sell a bunch of tickets to compensate for that cost. Um, Just don't do it. You may think it's fun and exciting as a new artist. You're like, this is my opportunity. But I really just feel like it's a rip off. Any friend that I've had that has done it, who's going to the show, you're selling the tickets to all of your friends. So it's just your friends. It's all the other exhibitors, friends, and they're just there to support, Hmm. support. support. Um, and they are, but it's not like you're actually going to sell anything and it's not that good of a market. So any new artists and raw artists hit you up, I'm, I'm hating on them. And I just think it's a rip off copy that i've never even heard of them no no well
0: yeah mm-hmm. not in the now but now i am so. Yeah. are raw artists so <laughs> working in the festival circuit is that how you got acquainted with warrior within designs because i was actually i i had seen your stuff and i had heard your name vaguely before i received your debt and that's because I'm a huge fan of the, your big deck, your um, big. because and it is a big deck. It's very
3: thorough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like how many pages is this, this big deck? Five or so. <laughs> Damn! All right. <laughs> so. I'm gonna send you a big deck too. All right, so mm-hmm. everyone can have a big deck. Everyone can
0: have a big deck.
3: Thanks um, for everyone. Can you leave a link. link <laughs> big
0: deck. To this episode I don't know email us yeah yeah
1: we could totally to link get it in a the show us. let us
3: know
0: yeah want to <laughs> hire Melody
1: <And>
3: <laughs> check out the deck <laughs> um, so uh, with Warrior Within Designs which they're yeah. an amazing company based out of San Francisco oh, I don't know. Woman. they're like they're the best um very high quality uh small family run And mostly women, except Grant, who is the husband, which I also love. But you ever go into their booth at any of the festivals, you're going to feel super welcomed and just comfortable in their clothes. Uh, I met them and met up with uh, Jen Jen, the owner, through Casey. Uh, Casey and I met in a tent in Australia. Uh, and this Amazing. Was, in, it was in 2012 and she came into the tent and she was like rolling up a J and I was like, what are you doing out here? We need to go outside. Everyone's dancing. She's a hula hooper. And mm-hmm. uh, and then we just went outside and danced. And seriously, I think she left the next day. It was a very quick, brief, memorable interaction and years later she's working with warrior with the designs and also jamming on tie dye and they also collaborate and she's like mel you're traveling right i was traveling in a van down by the river um no okay. and um uh, <laughs> like you should meet up then Jen Jen called me and the next day i was actually coincidentally or serendipitously whichever you prefer was um, an hour away from where she was and so the next day I went over there and did a couple live snips on some amazing tie-dye body suits and the next day after that we designed an entire collection and put it on e-commerce and that's been about three and a half years of our partnership and it's been awesome so Australia tent that's how that's how you just
1: never know. It's like when you start doing interesting things, you meet interesting people and you never know where that stuff is gonna, you know, come back to you. That's so awesome.
3: <laughs> oh, it is yeah. It is awesome.
1: So how does that work actually when you're making things for Warrior Within? Like, do you batch them? Do you, like, are they sending products to you? Are you cutting them on like mannequins and you're
3: sending them back? Like, it, uh a couple different ways um Mm -hmm. right before covid hit i went over there um to cut a bunch like if i'm over in san francisco Mm -hmm. i can stay on the warrior within ranch and i Mm -hmm. hang out with them and their dogs and the pool and i just put my head down and snip for a week or two Mm -hmm. it's great you know my the lifestyle that i've chosen is that i can work hard for a little while like super hard and then just chill. I love not having to worry about work, yes. you know, it's the best. So for a while I would meet up there and do a lot of inventory. And then I would come back. Um, and they would just sell all of that. Uh, if they needed things, they would mail it to me, uh, all the way across the country. And I'd snip it and send it back. And that was kind of hard for our accounting for a while. And it was just getting a little complicated. And, uh, so, I devised like templates uh, mm-hmm. before the garments were actually assembled, and before COVID, I went over there and cut nine hundred pieces. In wow! Five. I wow. mean, I'm focused, right? I got my podcast wow. on, I got my creative hackers, you know, podcast mm-hmm. on. <laughs> I'm wow. just zone, and I was actually working at the manufacturing house in downtown San Francisco mm-hmm. with up little ladies. It's like a it's like a non-sweaty sweatshop. Uh, it's not a sweatshop at all. That's has a very negative connotation. It's not like that at all. Just hanging out with all these ladies, and I have my station, and they have theirs, and a uh, mm-hmm. big language app, that it was super fun, and so we do it a few different ways. Um, now, since we're so far away, and I don't know when we're going to come back together, um, she's mailing me different things, and now I'm offering super custom snip items, mm-hmm. like you can buy our collaboration through their website, but then I'm just gonna be do cu- custom order so you can pick your bodysuit and then mm. we'll collaborate together and make it exactly how you want. Uh,
1: oh. How are do you have like a self-care routine for how you're taking care of your snipping arm? Like that's a lot of repetitive small motions, huh? It's strange because
3: uh, especially music festivals, I can honestly be cutting for 14 hours a day. Um, and my hands feel fine. Like I don't have any issues. However, after doing like those 900 cuts, I did feel a little bit in my wrists, and I don't know, I'm going to knock on some wood, but I have not had a problem. Uh, I was a little sore after the really bulk ones when you're cramming all in five days. And then I just rubbed like some CBD lotion on me and just take it easy. Cause I worked hard for that week and then I'm, I'm just going to chill and relax. And Um that's it. I don't even I'm not a big I'm a self care person as far as taking the time for me Mm -hmm. as far as lotions and and things. I'm not I don't know. It's not your version of self care. Yeah. Yeah, but also like if you don't need it, then whatever. Yeah. I feel a little off though. I take the time to relax and say, listen, I can't work for a couple days because I don't want to jeopardize my money makers.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm definitely hear that <laughs>
3: so, you ever get uh pain from painting oh yeah. yeah like all the time yeah yeah i i any type of stuff with my i have real sensitive wrists so i have to do a lot of like massage and stretching pretty much constantly um but but we could just have like different body types too i mean we obviously yeah built a little different, so. different. And i'm just trying to think of, like emotions of mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's like like doing that, I think, with painting, like having my shoulder come forward or lifting up, like all of that stuff seems to cause some
3: strain. But posture, posture is everything.
2: <laughs> right. So,
0: before COVID hit, you had a pretty cool gig with Uma. And I don't think I ever really followed along with how that went. I remember you telling me about it. So why don't you tell us? how you How that came ag- came about first, and then how it went
3: um that was- inter- it was really interesting to get uh an email from them. I was just like, "Whoa, you never know what's going to be in your inbox." That's that came cool. out uh, because I was down in Miami doing like a little I, I did a tiny event at a Pilates studio in South Beach uh with my friend star Hawkins. Also known as Baby Mama Star. She's like, she's one of the most hustling women that I know. She just works it, not only works out, she's like the nicest butt, but she has built a whole community, especially through COVID, mm-hmm. uh, getting people to work out. I just love her. I'm just gonna stop. Maybe mm-hmm. right should um, that. Okay. <laughs> my studio would really like it, and there's only like 10 people in the class, and I sold so many things. And I cut her shirt. She has some really cute uh, shirts with her little slogans on them. And uh, she posted it and Puma saw it because she does some modeling and and sponsorship for Puma sometimes. Mm -hmm. And they saw it. They're like, we love this. So Puma invited me to come to their flagship store um, in New York City. And they have a section on the second floor. It's called Puma by You. So they host different workshops and they have bring artists in from all over to do different things, to customize the clothing in some way, shape or form. And so my workshop was cutting t-shirts. Uh, so it was awesome. It was so fun. It was so fun that I, you know, I definitely had my roller skates on the whole time, just skating all around the store and we'll attend the workshop and, you know, just taught my skills, bills. Mm-hmm and then flew home.
1: <laughs> I, love I love it. When did roller skating come into the picture?
3: I always loved roller skating. I don't know if you guys did this when you were like 10 and go every Friday night. I was I was more of a rollerblader
0: and now that we're in I'm I'm in Miami, you know, rollerblading is really a thing here and skating and I'm torn. What should I? I hear, this is a biased question, but what should I do, Melody? What should I? What should I get? That's cool.
2: What are the judgments around each? Like, do the rollerbladers think the roller skaters are like silly or something, or vice versa? Um, <laughs> like making a whole
3: storyline I know. about this. <laughs> we all have four wheels, okay? There should be, <laughs> you know. <doesn't- laughs> <laughs> but I go uh, skating with my boyfriend a few times a week, like eight miles each time, and he has inline
2: nice.
3: They're faster. Mm-hmm. They really are faster, but quads are cooler. And um, I know there was a little bit of like Ew, inline when it was the uh, skateboard versus inline skating back in like the 90s Yeah, I remember that. But now roller skating on quads, it's so popular mm-hmm. um, especially with COVID people have been waiting I think like four months to get their roller skates just so Whoa. they exercise and I think it's great uh I love dance I love dancing I love mm-hmm. uh, skating and moving and, and exercising only that way I only like to exercise if it's like Zumba if I'm um, dancing
1: mm-hmm. like
3: that. <laughs> I'm roller skating
1: that's the only yeah, thing
3: though. that I actually like to do but um I used to do it when i was younger and then i don't know i got a pair because i wanted them um and then i started i strapped them on and i think one video I, I cut a t-shirt on myself while wearing roller skates and then i just started wearing them while i was performing and cutting shirts on other people and you know i just like to level up have some skates why not <laughs> no i love that and yeah just the idea of like have this beautiful interesting woman come to your event on roller skates and cut up your shirts like that's amazing <laughs> it's definitely a value on yeah that's really, nice that <laughs> yeah. yeah. really when people are waiting by for blood to, blood to happen no yeah. um, indeed Close so mess
0: up. so covid you know has obviously thrown a wrench in all of our lives um, and has changed your business. How has COVID affect your creativity and business?
3: Um, well, it did a lot. Uh like around March 15th, I was actually in LA for my audition for a variety show that's on television that I can't say what it is. Um, and I went over there to do my big audition on on a on a model and, and everything and I had to fly home immediately because she was actually sick of uh, the model, but not with COVID. And I was doing the thing on roller skates and everything. Um, and I was like, wow, this is something real. I, at first I was like, they're just trying to instill so much fear in Americans and trying to control them, which I still maybe think so. But at that moment I was like, I could be stuck over here. So um, I flew home since my audition was canceled. Um, after that, I was just like, you know what? I get to relax because I'm always going. I travel everywhere. I'm usually traveling eight months out of the year, which is super fun. And I love being a traveling artist. Um, But it was kind of nice to hang back because uh, my partner and I got a a house in Fort Lauderdale. And it was kind of nice to be a homebody for a little while, you know, grow a garden, work on my Airstream trailer, just be settled and have space to create instead of being at a friend's house and creating in their living room, um, in, you know, California. So, but for those first two months, I didn't snip a goddamn thing. I was like, the world is frozen. The world is on pause. Um, and I'm not doing anything related to, to snipping. Um, that lasted for a couple of months. Um, until I was like, (sighs) this is what you do, you know? I had saved up some money so I could just like kinda coast. uh, But I was like, no, you know, people actually need something to do. If they're stuck inside, this is the perfect time to encourage more creativity. So I started hosting uh, t-shirt cutting workshops on Zoom. I usually do them in person, but I thought Zoom was a great opportunity. So um, like everyone was doing. And so I started doing some Zoom workshops and just starting to promote more and people were sending me their shirts more and just, just kept it going. Um, so it definitely did affect a lot. I had, uh, you know, excited for electric forest and I had, uh, six gigs around the country with L'Oreal and it was supposed to be like the biggest, best year ever, but I was never like upset about it. Cause why? Everyone's in the same boat. Nothing's going smoothly for anyone and there's no point of stressing out over what could have been. It is what it is. Um so after a couple months of not making art, then I just started doing it again. It comes back, you know, that's creativity for you. Sometimes if it's midnight and I'm like, Oh my god, I gotta make something, I welcome that so much. You gotta ride the wave,
2: you know. 100%.
1: I feel that, yeah, I definitely was having a midnight creative burst the other night where there was a part of me that was like, this is unreasonable. You need to go to bed.
3: And (laughs) then it's like, no, like this is working right now. They're making a lot of good shit. Like, you know, the lightning is striking now. So, yeah, I wrote it out, made some really cute paintings and other stuff. So, yeah, but yeah, we've talked about it in previous podcasts too. But I think that the balance between like making and like, resting and allowing yourself to have, like, nurturing experiences that end up becoming fuel for more creative stuff is really a choice. You know, I didn't really have, much, I had some orders piling up, um, mm-hmm. but the ones that were for friends, I'm like, everyone's like, no one was in a rush, no one yeah. had to go, so they're like, take your time, I'm like, thank you, I will take my time, because uh, <laughs> you're gonna like, it's, I'm gonna like it better when I'm really in the mood, yeah. Really. I basically cut anything I want to be like but you know I'm trying to export all of my love and creativity and if I'm, I'm in a blah mood then it's gonna reflect on my art
1: mm-hmm. so so true yeah so that's like a little different than sort of the attitude that I think most of us in America are raised with that's like push through it like just keep on going put your head down get over it like no so it seems like when you were in like San Francisco doing like 900 cuts of like for not cuts but like items for a Warrior Within that that was more of a time where you were kind of like powering through it but yeah what's like yeah so like how do you sort of decide the times when you wanna go for that or when it is
3: truly time to like take a rest for you. Well that time is scheduled. Where mm-hmm. right within I'm out there for a certain amount of time and I just give it my all in that amount of time. I don't I don't want to bring everything home with me uh, mm-hmm. and it back. It's just like I'm just always oh don't do that. <laughs> yes. uh, I am like a do what you got to do kind of person. If I like, if it has to be done, it's going to be done. Mm-hmm. But if there's any leeway for my feelings and my time. Then I'll, I will take that. I will take that space. Um, and I can communicate openly with warrior within and let them know where I'm at. We're very open with each other. Uh, but I was like, no, we finally invented a way to like do it in uh, bigger, bigger mm-hmm. and better so let's do it that way um so yeah just sometimes you got to put your head down and just do it totally um, well i love that um ha-
0: tell me about when the kazooing came into play
3: yes <laughs> when did i start kazooing um music in general for me, I mean I've always loved music, right? But I didn't learn music until twenty twelve. I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I was like, oh great, my life is threatened with cancer. I have to go get chemo, I had to, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, now is the perfect time to learn music. Um so I picked up a ukulele cause I thought it was a very, it's a very happy instrument. It's very simple to learn, uh, very portable. And I just started expressing myself in, in that way. I, I really just taught myself on a couple apps, like learning different chords and practicing them and putting them together. And, um, and then look the, I don't, someone gave me a kazoo and then I put the two together, um, that's something that I haven't really done that much since COVID. I used to make up songs all the time. I can't, for me, it's weird because I can't really learn songs. Mm-hmm. I hate them. I'm not like a cover band, you know? <laughs> Original works only. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, improvise. I'm
0: imagining you on roller skates kazooing with your ukulele. Is
3: this a thing that you do? I have not done it. Uh, it is a thing that I will do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Like kazoos are, and I wish I could just whip one right out
0: right now. Um, you have one in a holster, right, where you can just whip it out. That's the thing. Want
3: to do that <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just, um, I feel like I need to find one right now
0: uh <laughs> having a real really uh, a kazoo craving kazoo fumo <laughs> having
3: it <laughs> mouth and it's a kazoo
0: <laughs> oh, kazoo kazoo in or around my mouth <laughs> I
3: was like, so i think that that is so beautiful that Um, you know, when faced with this, like, possibility, or not possibility, but sooner possibility of your own mortality, you chose to do something that I'm guessing had been an interest of yours, but you hadn't followed through on. Um, was there anything else that changed then? At that time, um, yeah, that's the time when I was like, I'm not going to work for anybody else my life is too short i'm just gonna dedicate um my energy into projects that i say fuck yes about instead of like oh maybe you know uh, i just feel like that's super important um so that's when i really started like only doing snippets and then um music too uh something else that i learned is how to ask for help i've always been kind of grew up at a young age, like divorce and stuff like that. And uh always been super independent, strong, you know? Yeah, it okay. yeah. was a lot of strength. And showing, asking for help in certain mm-hmm. situations, um, that was something that I learned how to do uh, as well. And the music really helps me uh, personally. It's It's so therapeutic to sing um even to just listen deeply to music um mm-hmm. i would play every time i went to get chemo which is the weirdest thing everyone's sitting in recliner chairs getting this crazy toxic chemical in their body and uh that can cure you you know i don't know what exactly cured me it's probably a positive attitude uh in and, probably played a role i yeah, predict. and the nurses would if they had a new. Um, I want to say client because they make a lot of money off of chemotherapy. But uh, Mm -hmm. another patient came in
2: Mm -hmm. I would play
3: songs for them. And I remember there was these twin boys. uh, One had lymphoma and he actually turned out to be a doctor and the other one was there and they're very cute. But I sang them songs and, and then one day randomly on an airplane I see him and he's like, it's you. I'm like, it's you and your brother, I don't know which one you are. And uh, this was like, I, I really enjoyed that when you, it was so funny that you played the ukulele for me.
1: Yeah, it probably brought some light into their lives in a, a period that was like, understandably really dark. Hmm, that's so yeah. beautiful. It feels like you were able to like, get a really like, I, I don't know how you were before, but just knowing how you are now and speaking to you, you
3: are a really strong light, and also, like, you're,
1: I feel like the word positivity is, like, overused
3: right now, but you are definitely just, like, glowing with, like, a really growth-based perspective that I think probably
1: empowers a lot of people around you, and, and I think, like, that is something that, you know, when considering, like, death, like, that's the biggest gift of death is, like, not feeling like you've got time to waste, And, um, I guess just given everything that you've learned, um, on your path so far, if you could go back and talk to, you know, maybe like a younger version of you or someone else who's like, I don't know, maybe in their early twenties, considering going for whatever their creative thing is,
2: what would you tell them?
3: Wow. (laughs) Oh. I mean, I don't know what I would tell myself. Uh, I was living in Australia right before I got dying it, and mm-hmm. cancer for me is uh, or was body, mind, and spirit situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and yeah, I think the word positivity is overused a lot. I'm positive. Mm-hmm. I'm not always positive. Yeah. I'm- negative nancy and i think that's completely normal But like, when you go from positive to negative each time you grow and like that's something that i really believe in is growth as, um as a human and training your brain and and just creating to let out any of your feelings so for anyone that's like younger my advice would be go to australia <laughs> no or just like travel and see things before you just Follow the paths that society curves out for you. You know, like I loved going to college, it was awesome. Um, I would have done things a little a little bit differently, but not any I don't regret anything that I've ever done. And I don't think they will either, but just Mm -hmm. boring a little bit more and you know, trying to seek out your passion as one of the most important things because that's the thing that can bring you happiness. I know Finding passion isn't always easy. I was a teacher um, when I was going through chemo for like an alternative school and they were all like 12, 16 year olds. And my job was to help them find their passion. It was the hardest thing, especially when everyone is like, I love playing little games on my phone. And, um, and they didn't have homework that it wasn't like a regular school at all. So that was super difficult. I was like, let's go garden. Let's go climb trees. Let's go try this. Let's go paint. Let's do this. And, um, just explore different things and try new things and something will, something will stick. Um, and just go for it. You know, you don't have to just because my parents have thankfully been supportive. Um, they just want me to be happy. And that's something that's super important. It doesn't like you gotta be successful, you know, you need to be a lawyer or a doctor, or whatever. Just I think being happy is the most important thing, and it's just doing what you need to do. It's really beautiful. Your parents were supportive on your path. <laughs> such a gift. Uh, mostly yes, but um you know they, they just want the best for you ultimately. And you also need to want the best for you. And life's just a big old roller coaster, you know? There'll be ups and downs and whatever. You just know you have to prevail and, and, and things will pass when it's not in a good state. And then, you know, when things are a good state, that's also going to pass, you know? Mm-hmm. Just accepting, I think, is important. Yeah, yeah. I've been
1: thinking a lot about this, like, positivity stuff lately. Just, like, the term, like, toxic positivity and, like, spiritual bypass are both like things
3: that I you know am like aware of and I've been trying to consciously and for those of you who aren't familiar like toxic positivity and spiritual bypass are one the same of like feeling like you have to be positive all of the time and you're only valuable or worthy when you're positive and you just have to get rid of your negative feelings or ignore them so you can just be positive so that people can like it but the truth is that if you do that you're yeah, doing this spiritual bypass and it ends up creating a lot of havoc in your life because you have to honor both. So yeah, I've been trying to honor both too, and just know that yeah, like the ups and the downs are both really beautiful. And like I don't owe anyone being like super happy all of the time. And if I am
1: like in a moody place, like that's fine. But then also being like, Okay, so that's true, and you can totally honor this, but
3: even still, you are like authoring the story of your life with the thoughts that you're thinking. So lately, I've just been like, I'm so good at spending money on Amazon. Like, why am I so good at spending all my money? <laughs> like, like really telling myself this story, which is, you know, it's a little bit true. But yesterday, I was like, okay, I am also good at making money. Like, what about that one? We should even it out at least. Uh, balances mm -hmm. I like spiritual bypass because I've been reading about that more too but um, people often are like oh you're so positive and you're so full of light and this and that and like I'm not all the time but what do you what do you guys do when you're like moody I personally don't want to be around anyone
2: I don't
0: want
3: you to see me like this you know
0: I thrive in isolation. And I, you know, I think I always I most people would probably consider me to be an extrovert, but that's because they only see me when I'm in my extrovert time. Because <laughs> mm. when I'm not, you don't see me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lately, I mean, I've been feeling moody a lot lately. And yeah, I also, I, I don't know if anybody thinks I'm extroverted, but I definitely fascinate.
3: <laughs> but yeah, when I've been moody lately, luckily I have the awareness to be like, okay, I feel like I'm
1: being harsh and I'm constantly feeling rushed. And even though it doesn't really even seem like I have that much on my plate, apparently
3: my body feels overwhelmed so instead of trying to like rationalize and understand all, like list a through z of why i could be stressed out instead i'm just gonna do some self-care stuff so i, I bought a massage gun on amazon great choice um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i mean there's been some good amazon purchases but um i've been doing like yin yoga and massage guns and just trying to like think a little bit more creatively about like the things that are stressing me out. Um, which to be honest is mostly self-care stuff of like having like high expectations of <laughs> like what that needs to look like of I me. Mean, Cause I've had a lot of health challenges lately. So, so I've been focusing on like the things that I need to do for me, but sometimes if they're feeling like oppressive, then is it really helping me if it's bringing me anxiety then maybe there's a way to just switch it like
2: maybe it it can be more gentle but if i'm still keeping the habit and the commitment then that's still good so yeah like trying to yeah reduce contact with outside people
3: unless i know that they're going to be like supportive and nurturing and then doing my best to try and reframe and be like, good job. You did yoga today. You rock.
2: <laughs> like, yeah,
3: yeah, like you're doing your best. Even if it feels like it's not good enough, it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, trying to like parent myself. COVID, <laughs> so uh, I've been doing a lot of the Wim Hof breathing technique. Mm, so good. It um, online workshop. It's just mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, like I was breathing, but when you really like it's transformative, you really uh be cleansing, uh, you know, just enter you, you know, mm-hmm. keep going with my day and be like, bah, 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 or like, like this mood and let that mood spiral in a certain way instead of just like resetting. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: that's super, good. yeah, which which um things have you been doing by him like I've been doing his um it's just like a 10 minute or 11 minute um breath work meditation on YouTube that's really powerful I downloaded his app but I didn't explore it so I'm
2: curious
3: I guess the longer like the longer and deeper that you do the repetitions and breathing like it's pretty trippy honestly it does yeah um it's, it's getting high on your own breath. It's releasing your endorphins. Uh, mm-hmm. i just like to see how deep I can go. <laughs> just,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's actually um, a retreat in Costa Rica that's like an ayahuasca retreat that I haven't been to, but I've um, read
3: about their practices and I've listened to some podcasts. And on the first day, they the first day and the last day, I think they do shamanic, uh, or not shamanic, just breath work. Like they have a breathwork teacher and they say that that's like, um, you know, the best way to get prepared for having like a big psychedelic experience. But many people like say that that was actually more powerful for them than doing like a plant medicine journey. And I've heard in other podcasts of people that are in that world, that the deepest that they've ever gone is through breathing. So how about that? <laughs> high on your own breath. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well. So, wait. Where are you finding the longer ones on his website?
3: Um. I. He had a sale for his uh, uh, online workshops. It's like a week course. Mm-hmm. So he um, it, it's on it's on there. But I like he had a half-off sale, and I and I just use that. So it's classes with uh yoga in them, and then mm-hmm. different breathworks where. He actually plays guitar and sings in them sometimes. So and cute. It's cute, and it? And yeah. Thank it, you, It's funny because he's Dutch.
1: Yes. And his accent's so great.
3: <laughs> my boyfriend to do it with me and so he's just like, and again, because you're just like constantly in and out. Mm-hmm. Like the coolest dude and when I was in um, yeah. last year, I really wanted to do one of his courses, but he was in California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just seems like He's not, um, you know, I'm in the festival scene and whatnot, but I'm not very like into astrology mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, I love hardcore music. I love a lot of different music, but he's just more like, it's not floofy. Or, yeah, like, it's
1: not like super woo-woo. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, he's got like a science background and it's like really grounded about it.
3: Yeah. And, and, and that speaks to me. That's that's yeah. I, like. I like thinking about science. I like thinking about cells when mm-hmm. I do chemo, um hey but I was looking at myself in the mirror. He's like
2: <laughs> Yeah, but I, handsome.
3: <laughs> I always do visualization meditation and imagine all the bad cells to be shot by my own little laser beads. So I like thinking about it and visualizing in that way in a scientific <laughs> way, because that's what I
1: am training. in So it speaks to you. It's cool. yeah. I, like I love that. Were there are there any other visualizations that you like to do? Uh,
3: I kinda like to scan my body, like mm-hmm. it any like blockages that I have. Um I like to pretend that I'm the ocean. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: like, Hold on one second. Yeah. Yeah, whenever I went to California for the first time and like I went to Monterey with a friend and was like watching all of the like the ocean come in and out on these huge rocks and just like crashing and I'd I'd never seen the Pacific Ocean before actually because I'm from Tennessee It
3: was just like whoa so beautiful but um but it reminded me of all this meditation I've been doing of where you're meant to watch you know, your thoughts come in and out, or your breath come in and out. And I just had this like super meta moment where I was watching the ocean come in and out on the rocks. And like, it's like, I'm watching my mind, but I'm separate. <laughs> but it's powerful. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying? I feel being separate, mm-hmm. but also not separate. Yep. I'm very, cool, and I think that's why I had a lot of like, um, ups and downs I'm like how am I different but the same it doesn't make sense but then I'm like it doesn't really matter if it makes sense or not. you're never actually gonna know what the heck is going on anywhere <laughs> just notice the beauty like I've lived by the beach my entire life with the, the, the east coast born in Savannah Georgia and lived in Fort Lauderdale for most of it I don't think I can live without the beach mm. I feel I've never been baptized, but I'm sure it'd feel like going in the ocean.
1: Yeah. Well, and you can baptize yourself in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm.
0: Well,
3: um, do you have any other questions, Lisa?
1: Um, I would love to know where we can find you and support you on the internet.
3: The internet where we all live yes um, <laughs> I'm trying to post like three times a week on Instagram nice um, lately you know I had my hiatus for a few months and I've just been doing a lot more time lapses of t-shirt transformations loving um, them and those have been getting a lot of love and a lot of prize. and they're cool I think they're cool to watch They're kind of meditative um So really just Instagram is the best, but I have like an online store, Snip Tease Folding. It has some of my creations on there and that you can buy that I've already made. Um, I do have a new project coming up. Uh, I will, people always ask me two things. Have you ever made anyone bleed while you're cutting t-shirts? And the answer is no. I hate blood. It is so gross. If I got... My blood on me would be grossed out. If it's your blood, I'm definitely going to be grossed out and feel horrible about it. Uh, but no one's ever bled. Nice. No be, uh, what my weapon is, uh, which would be scissors. Um, so I've tried, I don't know, like dozens of different scissor companies. And so I'm coming out with my own pair of scissors for fabric.
1: Amazing.
3: Sharp and awesome. It's so beautiful. So my own scissors and then a. Um, a Snip Kit. Um, a Snip Kit. So it would be, you know, I I like when people make things, right? Um, sometimes we'll do a class and people cut their own shirt and they feel great about it. And that's the last one they make. Some people are like, this is my jam. And if I can help anyone find their jam, then it's, it's a success. Like, I find that inspiring people to make things is one of the greatest gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important to make, you know. People just people just watch, and they don't do. And doing is awesome. And some some say like, why would you give away your trade secrets? I'm like, I don't care. Maybe if I wasn't snipping clothes anymore, I would only write music or something. Mm-hmm. But that kit would be cool, you know, something to have in the house, and you can just make it. Mm-hmm. instructions and uh so that's my new project that I've had in my head for probably about seven years amazing yeah. you know, what a perfect time to do it 100%, 100% yeah yeah I feel like that perspective of like the knowledge needs to be protected is such like a like medieval renaissance type of like perspective of, like, we have to have all these gatekeepers and the doors close. It's like, it's 2020, baby. We've got the internet. If somebody wants to figure out something, they can. So you might as well just,
2: you know, like, use your knowledge
3: and empower people. Yeah, and that obviously, you know, like, give credit if you're, if you're, like, utilizing people's designs, but, yeah. That's true. It's, it's um, so interesting what I learned is that fashion is not copyrightable. So I've been doing this for about 10 years. There's like dozens more uh, snippers than me. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, they're copying you. I'm like, they're not, maybe they were inspired by me, but it doesn't mean that they're copying me. Mm -hmm. Fashion isn't copyrightable anyway. I can't be like, you copied me and that's trademarked. It's not, you know how fast fashion can be, which I'm totally against fast fashion or consumerism of new materials at all. Mm-hmm. We should really talk about environmental things, uh, but we can. <laughs> but uh, it's just... <laughs> he's so cute. I should put him on here and see, like, oh, it's totally worth how cute he is, how much he's been interrupting the entire month. It's a I understand. You know, just, like, might as well. Mm-hmm. Might as well just, someone will be into it. I love teaching classes, and, and my... Uh, the people that I've got, they always send me pictures of what they made, and that makes me so happy, you know? And the people that don't want to make anything and don't have that capacity to, they're going to buy from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well,
0: I can't wait to see your snip kit, and I'll probably buy your scissors. Mm-hmm. So I'm,
3: I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it, too. Uh, scissoring like it's your hobby. I yeah. will. I will be watching, <laughs> watching
0: your
3: Instagram waiting for the release. hmm Absolutely. I know it's not like I have anyone pressuring me to do it, but uh, <laughs> it's, you know, I got on mm-hmm. It's a COVID schedule. Yeah. <laughs> a professional artist, you know, you
0: can just kind of... Do what want.
3: you want. Yeah. 100%. Snippers. oh wow this has been such a pleasure i really appreciate your vulnerability and your great advice this was fascinating and cool to learn so much more about you and i love the story arc of melody as of now and i'm sure it will just continue to get more and more interesting
0: (laughs) it will it will i can't wait to see um you know, where your business is in several years, and I know we'll mm-hmm. still be connected and doing the thing. So, can't mm-hmm. wait.
3: I can't wait to see you guys in person. Thank yes. you for me on here. I was like, all oh, these two creative powerhouses want to talk to me. No, stop um, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Doing your thing. I mean, that's advice that we can all share with everyone. It's just keep
2: doing. Mm-hmm hundred percent
3: well all thank right.
0: you so much melody
3: appreciate <laughs> it yes thank you
1: have a lovely day <laughs> thank you so much for listening we are really grateful to you all for taking the time if you liked what you heard please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts like and comment and share with anyone who you think might benefit from this and if you have any questions or you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Creative Life Hackers. You could shoot us an email at creativelifehackers at gmail.com or come to our website, creativelifehackers.com. Our intro and outro is by Joseph McDade. You can find at josephmcdade.com.